One of the pivotal moments in World War II was the invasion of Normandy, France. If the landing was to be successful, it would be the beginning of the end for Hitler's Third Reich. This podcast tells the heroic story of the men who fought for the liberation of Europe from the reign of tyranny that had ensued in turn of Hitler's rule. At 5.30am on June 6, 1994, the Allied battleships began barrage of artillery on the 10-kilometre stretch of Nazi Germany-occupied beach on the coast of Normandy. At the same time, soldiers from the UK, Canada and the US were crawling down the swaying nets of the battleships and onto their landing craft support boats bound for the coast of Normandy. Canada's goal was to capture one of the five assigned beaches, Juno's Beach. After that, the idea was Canada would link up with the British forces that landed at Gold Beach and Sewell Beach in order to seize the Carpique airfield to begin the liberation of Europe from the Nazi Germany rule. That was the plan, at least. As the boats approached, many men were throwing up from the sides of the crafts as the sound of the heavy artillery loomed in the distance. At 6.30am, the sounds of the shells bombarding the beach began to fade, until all the men could hear was the whirring of the boat's propeller. The men realised that HR had begun. Suddenly, a glimpse of the beach's shore came into view. The smell of smoke filled the air as a blanket of it from the bombardment was concealing their position from the heavily fortified German pillboxes. The first wave didn't stand a chance. Lieutenant John D. McLean, who was with the B Company of the Queen's Own Rifles of the Canadian 3rd Division, landed at 7.30am with the third wave. The smell of gunpowder, gasoline and rotting flesh plagued the air. When the boat landed, the ramp came down immediately and the tracer shells of gunfire whizzed past, the bullets punching holes into the boat's metal and the men who were inside them. Some of the men managed to jump out of the side of the boat, others weren't so lucky. Men were being hit and disappearing into the water, Lieutenant McLean recalled. He saw a man in front of him dive into the water, and when he went to bring him back up, he was struck by a bullet in his left shoulder. I felt as though someone had struck me with all their power with a baseball bat, and I was knocked into the water. Lieutenant McLean is just one of the many hundreds of soldiers who were shot at Juno Beach. About a half kilometre to the left of McLean, Major Lockhart Lockie R. Fulton, a trooper part of the 12th Manitoba Dragoons D Company, was preparing to make his landing on the beach. Like the other crafts, the LCSs were only able to go beyond a certain point, meaning the men would jump out of the boat chest deep into chest deep water, making them vulnerable to incoming rounds. Mortars began to bombard the beach as the Germans were now on full alert. Major Fulton struggled getting to the safety of the sand dunes while carrying all of his 45 kilogram equipment and ammunition. He staggered to the sand dunes to find that strategically placed landmines laid on top of them. As the soldiers didn't have time to carefully navigate their way through the mines, many trusted to luck to work their way through. With tank support, bravery, and a bit of blind luck, D Company was able to take control of the German pillboxes and weapon pits, as well as the capture of the Germans who were manning them. Lieutenant John D. McLean and Major Lockhart Lockyer Fulton 
were just two of the 21,000 troops that landed at Juno Beach that day. 340 of those soldiers were killed in action. At the time, the soldiers didn't know it, but their contribution to the capture of Normandy would be a significant step for the Allies in reclaiming Europe, and was also a decisive action to prevent the invasion of Britain, and inevitably, the rest of the world.